Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the PodCon Go Network. PodCon Go, family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Get your favorite lamp and light it. It's time for a story. Today's story is Aladdin, adapted from the original version by Elaine Lindy. Part 2. This is Part 2 of the Aladdin story from the Arabian Nights. If you haven't listened to Part 1 yet, you should definitely go back and listen to Part 1 first, or this won't make any sense at all. One day, Aladdin thought to himself, Why think small? With my jewel fruits, I could marry the princess and become the prince of this land. His mother laughed. You can't just go to a palace with some fine gifts and expect to marry the princess. But Aladdin urged her to try. They wrapped some of the jewel fruits in silk cloth, and the mother went to the palace. The guards stopped her at once. But as she insisted she had something very valuable for the sultan, they let her in. Said the sultan, What have you brought me in those silk rags? She showed him the jewel fruits. The sultan was impressed. But if your son is as worthy of my daughter as you say, he must bring me forty golden trays of the same gems, carried in by servants. The mother went home and told her son the sultan's demand. It's no problem, said Aladdin. Call for the genie and make your second wish. And so his mother rubbed the lamp and made her second wish. Before long, she was at the steps of the sultan's palace with 40 golden trays of the jewel fruits, carried in by as many servants. The sultan was pleased. But you cannot think this is enough to win the hand of my daughter, he said. To truly win my favor, your son must build a golden palace for he and my daughter to live. The mother brought back this news, too. So, for her third wish, the mother asked the genie to create a golden palace. The next morning, right outside the sultan's bedroom, appeared a huge golden palace, gleaming in the sun. Meanwhile, back at Aladdin's home, his mother said, It's time for you to go, my son, to meet your princess. Her wishes spent, she gave him the lamp. The next morning, the sultan called for his daughter. Look at this palace, he said, pointing out the window. This is the husband for you. What do you mean, father? said his daughter. What do you know about this man? Have you ever met him? What's there to know, said the sultan. He can make a golden palace appear overnight. Yesterday, your vizier was the most powerful man in the kingdom, said his daughter, and I was to marry him. Today, this stranger is the most powerful one, and I'm to marry him? Why do you think it matters to me who's the most powerful? It matters to me, said the sultan. In a lower voice, he said, 
Daughter, you're just excited to get such a fine husband. I can't believe this. The princess threw up her arms in despair, and she left. In her dressing room, the princess groaned. To Nadia, her lady-in-waiting, she said, My father is determined to marry me off, no matter what. But madam, said Nadia, isn't this wonderful stranger an excellent match for you? The princess sighed. She looked at her lady-in-waiting. You don't know how lucky you are, she said. I would rather live your life than be handed off in this way. And I would rather live yours, said Nadia. The two of them stared at each other for a couple of moments. They were about the same height, with the same color hair, with all the scarves maidens like them wore. Let's do it, they said together, and the two of them changed clothes. Just then, Aladdin was riding to the Sultan's palace on a white horse, ready to meet his bride. The Sultan warmly greeted him. Stay here in my palace until the preparations for your wedding are complete, he said. Aladdin could not meet the princess until their wedding day. He caught a glimpse of Nadia from a distance, covered in scarves, thinking she was the true princess. Aladdin, the Sultan, and everyone else in the palace waited with growing excitement for the wedding day. Except for one person. The uncle magician, who had left Aladdin trapped in the cave, was also the sultan's vizier. He had recognized Aladdin at once. He knew there could only be one reason the young man could present all this magic to the sultan. Aladdin must have escaped from the cave and with the lamp. I will get my revenge, swore the vizier. If anyone is to have the lamp, it is me. By his magic, he could tell where Aladdin had hidden the lamp. While Aladdin was sleeping, the vizier crept in and took it. In a quiet place, the vizier made his first wish. Genie, do as I say. I want you to take Aladdin's palace to a faraway place in the desert that no one can find. What the vizier did not know was at that very moment, Nadia was exploring Aladdin's palace. And there's something else the vizier did not know. The genie thought the vizier had commanded to be taken away also, along with the palace. So the genie sent the vizier, the golden palace, and Nadia inside it, all together to the faraway place in the desert. The next morning, the sultan awoke and saw nothing outside his bedroom window where Aladdin's palace had stood the day before. The next moment, his servants rushed in, announcing that the princess had disappeared. Furious, he called for Aladdin. What have you done? He yelled in a rage. Because of your magic tricks, I have lost my daughter. You must bring her back to me in three days, or it will cost you your head. Aladdin thought he would simply use his second wish, and the genie would bring back the princess and the castle too. But his magic lamp was gone. He looked everywhere. In despair, 
Aladdin could do nothing but to leave the Sultan's palace on the white horse he had rode in on. Sadly, he rode from town to town, but no one knew anything about a palace that had appeared overnight, not to mention one with a princess inside. You may wonder, where was the true princess all this time? Dressed as a servant girl, she had crept out of the palace the very day she had switched clothes with Nadia. Down to the marketplace she had gone, and there she met an aging merchant. The old merchant told her he was tired from riding so many years from town to town, selling his potions and perfumes. The princess was dressed humbly, yet she still carried herself like royalty. She gained the confidence of the old merchant, and when she offered to ride his camel train for him and share what she earned, he was delighted. That is how our princess found herself up clop-clopping through the desert, selling potions and perfumes from town to town. Two days passed. Aladdin was no closer to finding his lost palace than he had been before he left the sultan. Crouched in front of his tent, Aladdin held his head in his hands. Why the sad face? The princess was riding by, and she stopped her camel train. Perhaps a potion will make you feel better. No, thank you, said Aladdin. The only thing that could help is if I could bring back a princess and find my lost palace. You see, my palace vanished overnight to a place I know not where. The princess was probably inside it. Oh, this is an impossible task. Maybe not, said the princess. In my travels, I heard of a palace in the desert that appeared out of nowhere, not long ago. Really? said Aladdin. He looked up. Do you know where? I think so. I could take you there. If we left now, we could get there by morning. Oh, I'd be so grateful, said Aladdin. He had left all the jewel fruits with his mother, except one. This he offered to the camel rider as payment. Oh, keep it, said she with a wave of her hand. It's no trouble. Bring your horse to ride alongside my camel. Riding through the night, the two of them spoke of many things. Aladdin marveled at the young lady's easy manner and generous spirit. He somehow knew she could be trusted. Before long, he told her his story of how he had discovered the magic lamp in the cave and how it had been stolen from him, along with the palace. As the morning's light brightened, they were riding between two very tall walls of rock. Rose-colored they were, with thin bands of white and blue. Suddenly, the rock walls ended, and they arrived at a clearing. Look, said the princess, pointing ahead. Is that it? It is. Aladdin cried out with joy, recognizing his palace. I hope the princess is still in there, he said. Though without my lamp, I have no way to get them both back in time. Just then, Nadia, who had been carried away along with the palace, as you no doubt remember, was looking out the window at the new guests. To her surprise, she recognized the rider of the camel train as none other than her beloved former mistress. She waved at them both to come to the front door. The servants let in the guests. 
Nadia took them to the drawing room and shut the door. She said, Mistress, how glad I am to see you. I'm glad to see you too, Nadia. Aladdin was amazed. You two know each other? But the princess only said to Nadia, Tell me, how do you find being a princess? At first, the gowns were marvelous, she said. Everything I dreamed of. And I liked well enough all the attention I got. But when I was carried away with this palace, the vizier came with it too. For the last two days, he has done nothing but fly about in a rage and smash things. He locked me up in here. That's terrible, said the princess. There's more, said Nadia. He said, with his lamp, that tomorrow will return to the sultan's land, and I will have to marry him. He said, with his lamp? Aladdin and the princess looked at each other. The princess turned to Nadia. Wait a minute. I have a plan. All right, that is the end of part two. This is what we call, in stories, a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger is when you know that something exciting is about to happen, and then that part of the story ends. It, it might be the end of a chapter. It might be the end of one book, and you have to wait for the next book in the series to find out what happens next. It's a cliffhanger because you can almost imagine that someone is dangling on the edge of a cliff. Oh no, what's going to happen to them? Come back next week to find out. And that's basically the message that I have for you. Nadia and the princess and Aladdin are all in danger in this golden palace. Danger from the vizier, the magician uncle, and you have to wait until part three to find out what the princess's plan is and what happens next. Thanks to the team at storiestogrowby.org for sharing this story and so many others with us so that we can share them with you. And thanks to you for listening to Elderberry Tales. Come back next week for part three.